Yeah. Disclosure. The Snatched Podcast is profane, politically incorrect, political insensitive, anti-organized religion, and is not safe for children or safe for work. Please listen responsibly. You're about to get snatched. <laughs> You're listening to the Snatched Podcast. You're listening to the Snatched Podcast. Warning. If you listen to this, your feelings will get hard to listen to this. We are the Crumb Snatcher. Get snatched. Snatched. Peace. Snatched. I'm your brother Crumb. Snatched. And this is Islam. Grand Rising Islam. Decoded. I'd like to start this lecture by analyzing the language. For all intents and purposes, there's a curse on the English language. This is a bastardized language, after all, because we speak English, but as melanated people, we are not from England. We must understand that when we translate, this is not trans but a trance, by definition. A half-conscious state characterized by an absence of response to an external stimuli, typically as induced by a hypnosis or intended by a medium. It is important to note that the English language is a communication medium, which we are only half-conscious of its true definitions and etymology. So before I get into what we should say, Grand Rising, I'm going to get into what we should not say. Good morning. Within dissection of this greeting, I want to start with morning. There's just one difference, being the vowel U. I want to point out that vowels aren't significant enough to make a true distinction. Thus, generally speaking, this is the same word with little to no difference. To point out the insignificance of the vowels, I want to read to you a clip from Penn Museum's Write Like an Egyptian, and it reads, One thing you might notice is that there are no vowels in the ancient Egyptian alphabet. The ancient Egyptians did not have signs for vowels. The signs you see are all consonants. Even today, some Near Eastern languages like Arabic and Hebrew do not have signs for vowels. If hieroglyphics do not include vowels, how do we pronounce them? American Egyptologists usually put a letter E between the consonants to help pronounce the word. The sign WN becomes WEN. We pronounce the sign NFR as NEFER. We do not know exactly how these words sounded to the ancient Egyptians. A later phase of Egyptian language is called Coptic. I want to point out that Coptic was an interpretation language under the Ptolemaic period. Ptolemy was the head general for Alexander the Great, or who I like to call Alexander the Greek, aka Alexander the Freak. After Alexander the Great led his conquest into Egypt, he departed ways, leaving his general to sit on the throne. Just like when America goes into a foreign country and leaves an embassy behind. Alexander left Ptolemy to sit on the throne as Pharaoh. Coptic was not written with hieroglyphics. The Coptic language used the Greek alphabet and a few signs from the late form of Egyptian writing called Demotic. Vowels were written in Coptic. If we have a Coptic word, we can make a guess as to how the earlier Demotic word sounded. And I want to point out that this was simply a guess. 
Also, I want to make mention to the word NFR, Nefer. Hold that because I will be referencing it at the end of this PowerPoint. Now that we've completed a light review of the language, let's dabble in death. Why do the words wake and mourning both have to do with honoring the dead and the beginning of the day? Under language, we looked at mourning. Now under death, let's take a glance at wake. The first definition is for the verb, which reads, emerge or cause to emerge from a state of sleep. The noun reads, a watch or vigil held beside the body of someone who has died. Now for the official definition of mourning, an expression of deep sorrow for someone who has died. It is important that we focus on the word sorrow because that too will tie into the conclusion of this PowerPoint. Mourning has a connection to death. How you ask? Because death is connected to birth like night is connected to day. In addition to that, death is synonymous with night like birth is synonymous with day. If we can get away from the morbid reality of death for just a moment and focus back on the language. Now there is a curse on the English language, so to break this curse or a spell, we're going to have to go into a different language, which brings me from Spanish to Roman. To fully understand my point, you must understand that the Spanish lexicon, a lexicon being a conglomerate of words, is 60% Latin, the language of the Romans, as well as Latin America. So Grand Rising literally translates into Spanish as Grandiosa Madrugada. If you go into Google Translate and type in Grandiosa Madrugada, the English equivalent is Great Early Morning, or in layman terms, the crack of dawn. Grandiosa is a compound word. Gran plus diosa. Gran equals great. Diosa equals goddess. Dios, diosa. If we take a closer look at the Spanish grandiosa, we will find the English equivalent is grandiose, whose definition reads, impressive or magnificent in appearance or style, especially pretentiously so. If you take an all-expense-paid trip to, let's say, Peru, since we're talking about Latin America, one of the events in your itinerary may be to wake up early enough to catch the sunrise, being that this is a beautiful sight to see. Let's hone in on the word madrugada. Madrugada comes from the Latin word madru or madre, meaning mother. This is to mature, to wake up more mature or enlightened from the darkness of night. If you have a bright idea or come into understanding, this is enlightenment, or metaphorically, from the triple black darkness of your mother's womb. If this is not enough, then no worries because I always bring more. Birth in Spanish is dar luz. Luz means light. You're created in a dark womb and your mother brings you to the light. If you know Crumb, you know my claim to fame is etymology. Well, the Spanish equivalent is etymologia. So Spanish.stackexchange.com wrote an article titled Etymologia. What is the origin of draw a referring to? 
The use of the idiomatic phrase draw a lose to mean not just bring to light in general, but by extension more specifically, give birth to, has its origins in providing a softer euphemism for human birth than for animal birth, where parir is more commonly used for the physical act of live birth. Marugada comes from the Latin word maru or mare, meaning mother. I want to echo this again as I present to you that the Mayans worshipped a goddess named Matuta. I'm echoing what I previously stated to set the stage for my segue. The Mayans worshipped a deity named Matuta, who was a winged goddess who gave birth to you every morning so that you may rise again in the madrugada, or dawn, which is the exact translation. Matuta, over the years, was changed to the Roman perspective, where she was not melanated. This Mayan deity is my seamless segue to the goddess section of this PowerPoint presentation. Per the Bible, prior to Enosh, we talked directly to God. After that, he had to cry out, per the Hebrew translation, pray to the Lord. Seth's godly line. Enosh. As I always say, if you want to stump a Christian, go to the Old Testament. 99% of Christians only read the New Testament and are virtually clueless about anything except for the most popular stories of the Old Testament. The all-seeing God could not find Adam and Eve. Adam, Eve, where are you at? Oh, we're right here hiding because we figured out we were naked. The all-knowing God asked Cain, where is your brother? Am I not his keeper? These were instances where they talked directly to God. And though most layman Christians do know of Adam, Eve, Cain, and Abel, most of them don't know they had a third son named Seth. So let's go to the Bible's Old Testament, the book of Genesis, chapter 4, verses 25 through 26, which reads, Adam and his wife had another son. They named him Seth. Seth had a son and named him Enosh. About this time, people started worshiping the Lord. The first five books of the Bible were written by Moses, a Chaldean turned Egyptian. He wrote them in Hebrew. If we look, we can find that the word worship in this text actually means cry out. Adam, Eve, Cain, and Abel did not cry out. They simply spoke to God and God spoke to them. This is chapters 1, 2, and 3. Somewhere between chapter 3 and 4, God leaves and the people now have to cry out or pray to God. In essence, what I'm saying is that the first prayer was to cry out. Now, we know that the Bible is allegorical and metaphorical as Jesus admitted by his own words that he spoke in parables. So in real life, what are we talking about? In real life, the first prayer to God is a newborn crying out for its mother alluding to the fact that the melanated woman is God. So according to Wikipedia, Mater Matuta was an indigenous Latin goddess. This is alluding to the Mayans of Latin America, whom the Romans eventually made equivalent to the dawn goddess Aurora and the Greek goddess Eos. And she was also associated with the sea harbors 
and ports. Now, if you're wondering what is the connection with sea harbors and ports, I'll tell you. Let's start with ports. The vagina is a portal, the pearly gates, and her physical baby is a vessel to hold the soul in. This vessel is in the primordial waters of her womb. This is synonymous with a literal sailing vessel, like a ship. When a mother's water breaks, this is a direct sign that the baby is ready to come to dry land, or what we call give birth. When a vessel comes in from sea and is ready to dock, this is called a birth as well. This is all a part of the spell and the curse, which in this case is called maritime law. Maritime law is used within the judicial system. If you watch my video, The Black Woman is God, you will see that this is in line with Ma'at, who is the judge holding the Libra scales of justice. Since women write law, it is only right that a woman judges you. But I digress. Let's take a look at Matuta. In this first picture, you will see that she's holding twins. The second picture, she's holding quadruplets. In the third picture, she's holding a dozen children which is a direct reflection of her being an embodiment of fertility. And if I could also point out that mater is the etymonic derivative of matrix. Matrix meaning breeding mother or fertile womb, which leads me to matutolipia. Matutolipia is derived from the Latin name matuta from matuta mater, the Roman goddess of the dawn, and the Greek word lipe, meaning grief or sorrow. I told you to hold on to that word because I was going to make a connection. Here it is. And this is from MacmillanDictionary.com. This is the origin of good morning, the dawn and the grief, the dawn and the sorrow, the dawn and the morning, the good morning which for all intents and purposes is an oxymoron. If you're mourning, it's not good. And if you're good, you're not mourning. So to drive this point home, I want to reference the book, Roman Gods, A Conceptual Approach, because we need to see where the concept of these greetings derives. So the definition of matutolipia reads, a rare word for an everyday occurrence, ill humor. When we say ill, a synonym would be sick, sick humor, deranged humor, ill humor in the mornings, getting up on the wrong side of the bed. So someone who gets up on the wrong side of the bed is cranky, they're in a bad mood, their nose is snotty, their eyes are crusty, their hair is crazy. A lot of people say, I woke up like this. That's a grand rising. If you wake up ugly, that's a good morning. This is ill humor. Skipping down to etymology. Today's derivation was based on Matuta, or Matuta Mater, the Roman goddess of the dawn, newborn babies, and harbors, plus the Greek word for grief, sorrow, which is lipe. The Latin word for mourning is aurora, also the chief goddess of dawn. The Greek word for morning and the goddess of morning is eos, so eos tugia, 
mourning sulliness. Sully is to be sad. Would be a more consistent derivation for the target meaning. Though there is no evidence such a word was used in Greece. This means they didn't even say good morning because it didn't make sense. It would have been a disrespectful greeting or term to say to somebody, i.e. an insult. So now that I've broken the curse and reversed the spell and we understand that this is truly an insult and not a greeting, let's look into the original language to find out what the true endearing greeting should be. Grand rising. I want to end this presentation with a quote from a Pinterest friend, Subconscious Celebrity, which I love that name, by the way. So Subconscious Celebrity says, folks often ask me why I say Bacchanefer and what it means. It's just one of many ways of saying good morning. Ever since a friend in Yaffa Bay brought to my attention about English spells and definitions, I don't say morning because I'm not mourning anything. And it wouldn't be good if I was anyway. Laugh out loud. Plus, getting back to some of our original tones and frequencies changes us, our DNA, our bodies, and consciousness. Many teachers note that our tonsils and appendixes are tonal and vibratory organs. These doctors would love to take them out, saying they're useless. They're only useless because we don't use our original languages and sciences to activate them. English doesn't ring true to our soul melanin. It cages it and uses backwards spells on it. So subconscious celebrity goes as far as posting the hieroglyphic definitions of Nefer Baca or Baca Nefer. Nefer being good, pleasant, beautiful, well-doing, gracious, happy, pretty, favorable. Notice the C-O-P-T dot, which is short for Coptic. And then Baca, meaning morning, sunrise, dawn, daybreak. Those subconscious celebrities says Baca Nefer, you will see a lot of people who say Nefer Baca, including myself. So with that said, I am your brother Crumb, and this is Grand Rising Decoded. Follow me on Facebook, follow me on Instagram, and subscribe on YouTube. Peace. In peace. I am your brother, Crumb. In peace. We are the Crumb Snatcher. Get snatched. Our content is conscious, edgy, and pro-black. Our goal is to uplift and percent enlighten our people. Trigger warning, some of you will disagree with the Crumb Snatcher. We are not concerned with being politically correct. We are thought-provoking, some of you are gonna think that we're angry. You are wrong, yet you're gonna enjoy the ride. Join our antics in conscious thought and new reality. Get snatched. The views expressed on this podcast are not the views of Positive Vibes Inc., its staff, sponsors, or owners. I love you.
I'm your humble brother. We are the Crumb Snatcher.